doctor, give me the news. This is the Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. Awesome to have you joining us today. If you're just catching our show for the very first time and want to find out more about our sports medicine radio show, you can do so by going to docsandjocks.com. There you can read about myself, Dr. Dan, longtime sports medicine physician here at Texas Sport and Spine. Been doing the uh, sports medicine gig for 20-plus uh, years now. I am joined each week by my co-host, the sports broadcaster for Division One baseball, basketball, soccer, you name it, Grand Canyon University out in Phoenix, Arizona, Ferris Potter. Ferris, thanks for being on the show today, man. Got a big one. Always, man. Love doing it. Absolutely. We're going to have on some great guests today. As always, we're going to have on the organizer of the police games. It is uh, basically the police Olympics. And uh, you don't think about it, but police officers who protect each and every one of us, they need to be fit, right? So this gives them an they avenue. Should be. Yeah. yeah, let's pray to God they are. It gives them an avenue to uh, be able to stay in training for something. We're going to have Dwight Kinney, my good friend, who was in the police department here in uh, Texas for years and years. He is now the constable. He's been a detective. He's been at every level of uh, law enforcement. He's going to be coming on talking about what he's done with the police games for the last 20-plus years. And then we're going to have on our second uh, hour, we're going to have on uh, Dr. Russell Lyles. He's a sports optometrist. Uh, we're going to have him talking to us about Brock Holt, uh, the uh, gentleman, the third baseman for the Red Sox, who had uh, his eyes scratched by his two-year-old. And we've all been there. If you've had kids, you've had uh, every different orifice stuck with a finger, uh, head-butted something with a two-year-old. So Brock Holt is not in the minority when he has an injury. Uh, and so we'll be talking about that with Dr. Russell Lyles. And never forget, you could call us and send us your question. One of our favorite people to interact with is our fans. And we love doing that by y'all going to docsandjocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X, Dot com And there you can just hit Ask Dr. Dan, send me your question. I'd love to have you part of our show that way as well. If you don't catch our entire two-hour show, our first hour is always heard on our SB Nation nationally syndicated radio stations. But you can uh, you can come on and uh, be on our second hour by going to our podcast, our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. And you can hear us uh, there as well, anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. So also remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, all those different uh, social medias by just going to Docs and Jocks at Docs and Jocks D-O-X-N-J-O-X Hey, stay tuned to your Sports Medicine Radio Show We're going to have a great show today Got some great guests And uh, man, I can't wait to talk about what's going on in the Sports Medicine world Myself, Dr. Dan, and my co-host Ferris Potter We'll be right back Hey, this is Ferris Potter of Docs and Jocks, and we want to say thank you to one of our newest sponsors, ZoomBang. ZoomBang is a protective gear manufacturer that takes a scientific approach to impact protection in all sports. Their proprietary polymer protection is soft and lightweight and conforms to the body for comfort. But when the impact occurs, and this is where the science kicks in, the molecules lock together and become a solid. It's complicated technology for sure, but all you need to know is that it provides the best protection available. ZoomBang, used by athletes in all professional sports. So if you want the best, go to ZoomBang.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. But next time you need auto parts and accessories, trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. For decades, professional technicians have counted on O'Reilly Auto Parts for their knowledge and commitment to customer service. And you can too. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Lowe's knows you're the gardener who does it right to make your flower and vegetable plants thrive. We do it right, too, with deals like five bags of miracle Grow all-purpose garden soil for just $10 during our Spring Black Friday sale. Grow delicious vegetables and herbs and save on Bonnie plants, now four for $10. Find Spring Black Friday savings like these throughout the store, but hurry because they won't last long. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. You're going on a trip, but where are you going to stay? How much will it cost? Well, it'll cost less by booking on BestHotelRates.com. BestHotelRates.com works with all the top hotels in the country while delivering you great hotel and room choices for the best prices. Why wait? Go to BestHotelRates.com, enter your email address, and start shopping for your next hotel room. BestHotelRates.com. It's in the name. BestHotelRates.com. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Oh, I can't wait to see what you... Oh, you shouldn't have. Uh, thanks. Never give another bad gift again with Gifting Map. From the creators of Culture Map and Sports Map comes Gifting Map, your one-stop shop for gifts. Featuring local brands, awesome products, and more. Sign up for early access, special discounts at giftingmap.com. Let our gift experts help you. Sign up now at giftingmap.com. This is the Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show. Awesome to have you join us today. Hey, remember, man, we want to say uh, thank you to all our wonderful sponsors, including Buffalo Wild Wings. We've been a longtime sponsor of Docs and Jocks. Buffalo Wild Wings and The Forge here where our studio uh, radio studio is out of the Forge training facility. They are partnering up, and if you get a T-shirt with the Forge T-shirt with has Buffalo Wild Wings on it, you can wear that into a Buffalo Wild Wings uh, here in Abilene, Texas, and you get a 15% discount. I want to say thank you to B-Dubs and what they do for our show here. Ferris, I thought we'd jump into what you do on a regular basis, which is uh, talk uh, sports broadcasting and talk baseball uh, with Grand Canyon University, you were just part of a record-setting game. Tell us what happened in the game against Grand Canyon University and University of Arizona. Crazy. Well, have you, have you ever been a part of one of these games? Um, it was record-setting for a bad reason. Nobody could throw strikes, and it was just an <laughs> epidemic. I mean, there was literally one guy um, that came in to throw out of 17 pitchers used by both teams. They combined for 17 pitchers, and in a nine-inning game, it was 14-13 was the final. U of A had an 8-1 lead at some point, and a guy in the fifth and sixth inning for U of A walked seven of nine batters he faced. Oh, my gosh, man. But it's a midweek, right? So you yeah. don't want to necessarily go to your bullpen and tax him too much. So guys were coming in anyways to throw an inning at a time, but none of them could throw strikes except one guy for GCU had a really good two-inning outing, but they pulled him because they wanted to save him for the weekend, combined for 30 walks oh my in the goodness. game. Oh, my Wow. That's crazy. Four-and-a-half-hour game. <laughs> uh, the record is 32. 
in, Div- in Division One baseball. So it was just one of those games. Yeah, you earned your money on it that was one. Just like was it crazy. like super windy, or why could they not throw strikes? Was there something wrong that day? It yet? was windy. Um, I mean, I thought the umpire – in one of those games, a lot of things have to combine, right? It was windy. It was a midweek. And the umpire had a tight zone. But, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking after three hours, like, dude, we want to go Loose home. Expand way. the yeah. zone a bit, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, I've done But it wasn't – look. 30 walks, that ain't the umpire's fault. <laughs> no, exactly. Hey, let's jump into the sports medicine news now. NHL's uh, Joe Pavlevsky, he, uh, this, we, I always talk about here on Docs and Jocks, they are some of the toughest individuals in sports that I've ever met, are in two sports usually. Uh, the NHL hockey players are incredibly tough. I've sewn up a hockey player's face with no anesthetic. Uh, he let me do it, never winced, never made a, a cry of pain. I would have been like crying and wetting myself. And then uh, the other one is obviously Cowboys. Rodeo guys are just uh, – they're, they're tough. bull rider tough. Just, all of them are just tough. Yep. Dislocated elbow one time I put back in place. Usually requires surgery. He just wanted to know which way to tape it so he could ride in Cheyenne the next night or something crazy. So uh, <laughs> this hockey player, he plays for the uh, San Jose Sharks. He, uh, he takes a bank shot that is coming uh, out of the goal area, and he puts it back in the goal with his face. And he does it exactly with his mouth. He knocks out teeth. And so he goes out for a – after he scores the goal, he goes out for a concussion protocol because that's now part of the NHL. Every time you hit, take a shot to the face, you have to be on the part of the uh, concussion protocol. He also got stitched up and had numerous stitches to his face where he had uh, put it back in the uh, goal with his face, and he lost some teeth. So they were doing, trying to do some things to keep his teeth in. Did it keep him out of the game? Absolutely not. He no. returned, returned in the second period wearing a small visor this time to protect his face somewhat. And he said after the game, it was all worth it when he heard the fans cheering after he scored. Uh, and he said this through uh, some teeth that were now missing. So, once again, Ferris, I think hockey players are by far some of the toughest people on the planet. Oh, absolutely. I, You know what, too? Uh, the cool thing about hockey players and, and, and rodeo riders, they're some of the nicest guys, too. Yes. We've had them in like, the studio. Like, They've all been, like, super nice, man. And, I, and maybe there's a combination there, right? Maybe the real – because. Because, like, basketball players and even football – and they're all tough, right? You have to be tough. You have to go through a lot of that stuff to be a professional athlete. But they like to kind of bow up and shove and push. And even baseball, they don't really fight usually, you know. <laughs> These guys will go at it, right? Yeah, right. Hockey, they're yeah. real yeah. tough. Yeah. And they're just not – sometimes the toughest guys are the nicest guys. I've been around some UFC fighters and stuff, and off the mat – they're super nice guys, oh, like yeah. family guys and stuff. So it's interesting. Maybe well, there is a correlation. I think our next guest who's coming on, it probably answers Dwight Kinney, who's been a longtime police officer, detective. Now he's constable. He does police games. But we'll get his opinion on who the guys, when you're breaking up a fight, who do you need to be nervous about? Is it the quiet guy or is it the guy that's bowing up to you? So we'll figure that out because hockey guys and, and uh, Oh, the Cowboys, quiet guy. The quiet guy, man. Oh, be I do, careful about the quiet guy. Yeah. We'll ask him that. <laughs> I, I do uh, take care of a lot of people who are in pain. That's one of the things I do for a living as a sports medicine doctor. You know, I see a lot of people who are hurting, whether it's a, a pinched nerve in their back, their neck, yeah. or, you know, a shoulder. If you tell me you have a high pain tolerance, you know what that means to me? I've been doing this 25 years. That means you don't have a high pain tolerance. The guys who have a high pain tolerance never tell you they have a high pain tolerance. They're quiet about it. They're quiet. They're humble. They never say yeah. anything. It's like the, uh, I always say, the 85-year-old rancher's wife. You could put a nail through her foot, and she wouldn't say anything, man. So they're just tough. But they won't tell you they're tough. But they're tough, and that's the way I feel hockey. I want to ask are. him this too. I've 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 heard, and it makes sense. The the ones you really have to look out for are the females that call because they're in a domestic dispute, and you break it up. And the minute you start like putting the cuffs on the on their husband who was slapping them around, then they get crazy. I'm like, don't do that to my. Ma- <laughs> Maybe I've just watched too much cops on yeah, TV. But <laughs> yeah, bad, bad guys, bad guys. I'm here to help you, do? and now you're you hit me from behind. What's going on? Yeah, but you you definitely knew that uh, Pavlovsky. Pav- 
Pavleski is his name. You knew he was going to be coming back in the second period. And it, it, it totally made sense to me. They said, would you do it again? Was it worth it? And, and it was worth it because he scored the goal. That's, that's pretty yeah. crazy. We had on uh, – we my former guest before – our co-host before Ferris was a guy named Ken Lane. He was the world powerlifting champion. And actually at one point in time was considered the world's strongest man. He had the combined uh, triple lift, the deadlift, bench press, and squat combined lift record. And uh, he, he's had some, obviously, if you're going to be the world's strongest man, there's a price to pay. You're going to have some bad back, bad hip, bad knees, right? So I asked Ken, yeah. was it all worth it? Now, looking back, you know, because Ken's now in his, uh, you know, nearly 60s. And he says, uh, absolutely, I would do it all again yeah. because it was worth the, uh, it was worth winning those records and going through what I had to go through. And now what I'm going through is all worth it. And I would definitely 100% do it again. So, I, you know, I, you, we get that answer from everybody. Every high-level profe- high athlete. Or really, almost in any any field, right? But we talk to athletes a yeah. lot. They, you know, they're hobbling, their hips are bad, their knee in the back, and you say, "Oh, if you know, knowing now what you know, would you have would you have done anything different? Not nothing. Nope. Would have still yeah. gone through it, even if I was knew for a fact in 25 years I'm gonna have hip problems, leg problems, because that that that's just that mindset. You know, it's just yeah. like I I want to be the top. This is what it takes. So I don't care. Even the guys who've had uh, CTE or multiple concussions, they said if they had to go through it again, they'd go through it again for the most part to play in the NFL and do what they did. So, hey, And it's good. We're seeing – now that we have the information on that type of stuff, we're seeing guys who who they're able to really make that decision. you know. And so yeah. we see some that say, I don't care. I'm going to keep playing. Great. Good for you. You yeah. know the information. It's on you. We see other guys that are retiring at you know, 25, 26 years old are not playing because they're like, no, it's not going to be worth it to a guy like me. Yeah. Chris so Bowen, we have the, the linebacker you can make for the 49ers. Your yeah, the 49ers yeah. linebacker retired early after just a yeah. year or two. And then uh, we've had Ben Utek on, the uh, singing cowboy. Or no, the singing uh, football player, they call him. He played for the uh, Colts, won a Super Bowl with them, and then uh, decided it was just wasn't worth it for him. Retired a little bit earlier because he felt like his concussions were getting too out of hand. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I respect both guys. If you want to play and you understand the risk, I mean – there's guys that do that. Those uh, those bull riders, they understand that there's a risk of them dying, right? There was a tough Hedeman. You know, he's uh, one of the toughest cowboys ever out there that went out and rode, uh, I forget the name of the bull he rode the second time after it busted his face the first time. But he uh, his sons were considering going into bull riding. So he said, okay, but I want to ha- have a little discussion with you first. So he took him to the Cowboy Hall of Fame. And he walked down the hall of great bull riders. And he walked down the hall, and as he's walking down the hall, he points to one. He says, hey, this guy died in my arms uh, after he was crushed by a bull. He went to the next one and said, uh, this guy, you know, died in, you know, Wyoming. Uh, this guy can no longer walk as a spinal cord injury. And so they went down through the list of all the guys that he knew that were professional bull riders, and most of them had horrific injuries. And so we got down to the list. He goes, uh, I'm not saying that you can't be a bull rider, but you just have to understand there's an inherent risk of severe injury and death in the profession that you're choosing. As long as mm-hmm. you're willing to choose uh, this profession based on the knowledge you now have, I, I'm going to give you my blessing, but just understand you have to go into it knowing that. And you can't be afraid of it because if you're afraid of it, you won't be any good at it. That's a tough combo, man. That's some tough dudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think Bodacious. bull riders. Bodacious was I, a bully road. Bodacious. Yeah, I think bull riders and, and hockey players get, get my vote for, for the toughest and the nicest. Yeah. They do seem to go together. They're always humble. We don't have, we've had on several uh, professional hockey players. They've all been super humble in here, but you know when they get on the ice, there's some tough dudes, man. Same with the oh, York, The Cowboys are always like, uh, oh, I was trying to think of a couple of the big uh, Cowboys. Uh, Chandler Bounds was, was one of them. He came in and just the nicest guy, most humble guy. You watch him ride, man. He's That's just that's a tough business he's in, and they're just, just tough dudes. But A lot of them humble. are country guys, too, so it's kind of nice, too, because they, they do the yes, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know, which is yeah. when a guy's super tough and, like, you see him on the ice and he's punching guys in the head, and then he's like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. You know, it's, kinda, it's kind of interesting, but I think, too, a lot of it is, you know, 
in in America at least there's not a lot of like like glory in those early hockey players even like we had one of the in Arizona we had a kid who went number one overall nobody in Arizona even knew who he was yet we talked about these basketball and football players in their high school years all the time all the time yeah so you know they come up humble they stay humble and they're great athletes for sure so hey when we come back we'll be talking to Dwight Kinney who's uh, working to organize the police games we'll be talking about all that and more here on Docs and Jocks we'll be right back this is the gold standard Antonio Brown, you got what you wanted. You wanted out of Pittsburgh. Oh, then you said, oh, I don't want to go to Buffalo. Okay, we're not going to see you in Buffalo. I want to go to Oakland. Okay, we'll send you to Oakland. Oh, and I want a new contract. Okay, done. And here we are. You're still trying to make comments and worry about former teammates. You come off extremely petty and come off like kind of a D-bag in this whole entire thing. Before, with everything going on in Pittsburgh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But then when he got traded, I said, you know what? It paid off. You you did what you needed to do to get out of there. I thought we were done with the act, though. Apparently, this is who he is. You're a top five receiver in football. You got a huge contract that nobody else has been able to pull off in terms of getting guaranteed money when your deal wasn't up. And you're worrying about a guy that's now the new number one receiver in Pittsburgh. You're jealous. The Gold Standard with Alex Gold. Weekday nights from 10 to 1 Eastern on SB Nation Radio. Do you like stories about poker, gambling, the racetrack, the mafia? Then check out the dynamic new novel, Jesus Just Left Chicago, from Gal Media's Fred Fowler. When a mysterious biker shows up and knows the winner of every race, a group of lifetime losers become convinced he's something supernatural. But success leads to jealousy, betrayal, and danger at every turn. Pick up your copy in paperback, Kindle, Apple Book, Nook, or audio today at JesusTheNovel.com. Calling all sports. The last concert you saw in Las Vegas. Celine Dion. Excuse me. For my wife's birthday. Tried to justify that it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. It was great. Awesome. She was it was up there with Billy Joel. Uh, I'd say and Doobie Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire. I got to tell Celine Dion for my wife's birthday. Manu is a big concert goer. You wouldn't know it for a sixty-one-year-old man. I'm proud of you. Still getting it on. Absolutely. Going to go see Peter Frampton. You want to see? Are you really? Yes. He's he's coming. Did you know today on this day? 21 years ago today, Minuch, I know you know it like, uh, like, like uh, yesterday, like your birthday. Yeah. The Food and Drug Administration approved <laughs> Viagra. Why? That's giving me that energy to Why? go to these concerts, man. Uh, so you do take the blue pill. No, I do not. I Come guess, on. Yes, I do take a blue pill. It is called a leave. That's a leave. A leave. The only blue uh, pill. I thought you got rid of a leave for CBD. Uh, calling all sports with Rock and Minuch. Weekday afternoons at 4 Eastern on SB Nation Radio. SB Nation AM. Toyota has decided that they needed a robot that could shoot half-court jumpers. Nope, they don't. Nope, 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 and no. I don't know why this is necessary for us to have robots do more and more human things. No, because if a robot can hit a half-court jumper, it can kill you from three miles away. SB Nation AM with Tony D. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on SB Nation Radio. This is the Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Dr. Dan and Ferris. Welcome back to Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show. Myself, Dr. Dan, and my co-host Ferris coming to you from inside 
deep in the heart of Texas, the radio studios inside the Forge Abilene. Man, it's great to have you be part of our show today. Hey, Ferris, we have on uh, air we're in studio with us our good friend, a uh, police officer for 33 years. He's been eight years as a constable. He is a Police Games Hall of Famer. He was the state director of the Police Games for 20 years, Dwight Kinney. Dwight, thanks for being in the studio with us. Well, thank you for asking me. Yeah, so first of all, before we talk about the police games, we have our, our segment before this. We were talking about when you're taking somebody down or you arrest somebody, is it the quiet quiet one you have, stoic one you have to worry about, or is it the guy bowing up to you you have to worry about? We were talking about hockey players and rodeo guys. It's and always the quiet one. <laughs> always the quiet the, one. The other one's letting steam off, but those quiet ones will hurt you. You yeah. have to watch them. <laughs> Don't turn your back <laughs> on them. Don't turn your back on them. Yeah, and not... the ladies, right? Yeah, and the ladies. you got to watch out for the ladies. <laughs> oh, how many times we've arrested for assault and battery and hook him up and – She's on your back, and she's a wildcat. Yeah. There we go. We've got to answer our question there. Hey, we talk about football players and, and hockey players, but, yeah, the, the ladies are maybe, probably the toughest a lot of times, so you got to watch out for that. i tell you what, the, some of the worst fights I've ever had was with a woman. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, yep. That's a whole, we could do a whole segment on that yeah, one, I know sure. It. Hey, you're a brand-new uh, inductee to the Hall of Fame of the police game, so you helped to organize a direct, you're a state director for the police games for over 20 years. Tell our listening audience, first of all, police officers – uh, the, I'm sure the uh, police games came out of uh, some reason that you needed to have strong peak fitness for police officers. So in a regular line of duty as a police officer, which you did for 33 years, why is it so important that you guys stay fit? Well, you, most police departments have a strong academy when they go through it to qualify. Right. But after that academy, they just get busy and they get lax. Well, we try to in, in influence police officers your life could depend on being in good shape. Absolutely. And so uh, back in 1974, a bunch of people, I don't know who, some chiefs came together and said, let's try to promote physical fitness mm-hmm. through competition. That's and smart. police officers are pretty com- pretty. Yeah, comp- yeah. You know, they yeah, like to compete. Type A's, yeah, like competitive so type A's. That's the way it got started. We, once a year, we'll take uh, people, we'll bid for the games, and we go. And what's good about the games, we try to promote everything, but – they build some events like we've got a SWAT course that was built, and after we leave, that department has that availability to work out on that. So, oh yeah, it, it happens. It tries to encourage them, and then when we leave, they've got something to show for it. Yeah, and I was always amazed when I, uh, you and I've been friends a long time, and I would walk up to you and you're in your police uniform. How much weight you guys are carrying, right. whether it's your gun belt or it's your vest. I'm sure they've gotten a little bit lighter as technology's gotten better, but my goodness, those things. Yeah, you're heavy. talking about 30 pounds. You carry a full yeah. guns and, and vest now. So yeah, And we try to encourage when they work out or the obstacle course run through that because it's a lot of difference in running, jumping fences, and athletic stuff in full yeah. gear. Yeah, so right. when the SWAT trains, they train in full gear. Yeah. Ferris, you got a question for Dwight? Hey, Dwight, do you find that a lot of police officers, I mean, you mentioned that, that you the need was these guys can kind of fall into maybe not the greatest shape. Do you find that kind of commonplace with cops or most of them, uh, you know, focused on their physical fitness as they stay on the force for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years? I'm going to have to be honest with you. Probably 50% are athletic mind. They try to stay in shape and others just kind of let it go. They think it'll never happen to me. Usually what really gets one, they get in a fight and they just flat can't handle themselves or run out mm-hmm. of juice. From then on, they wake up and start 
competing. Yeah. And yeah. and working out. Well, speaking of yeah, competing, fighting, man, takes oh, it out of you yeah, too. That's yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's ever fought for like two minutes straight, like yeah. a heart, like truly fighting, that is like one of the most. It's a uh, long time. Cardiovascular events you'll ever. That's do. a long time. Yeah, yeah. It is. So speaking of uh, fitness and competition, so tell us about the police games. Like, what games are involved? What's it, what is kind of? I think of it as the police Olympics, almost the it, way I think it, it is. Yeah. So tell us some of it's the events coming into town on June the sixteenth through the twenty first. Uh, we are, have approximately 32 to 36 events, uh, and they will be anything from SWAT to uh, track and field. Uh, there's golf. Wow. Uh, there's the <laughs> dominoes. I wouldn't have thought of those, man. Uh, yeah. Ping pong, uh, flag football. Love it. There's a whatever you like, you can probably find it and go watch it. So it's the ultimate competitors. No matter what it is, it's a yeah. competition for you it to be is. out there and do it. Can people come watch this? Can there yes, it's come open watch? to the public. If you'll just, our venue is going to be at Elegante Suites, and we'll have it posted for the full week. They can go up there and find whatever event you want to go to, and you can go watch that. But people train for this. Your police officers, like when you were going full tilt, you would train all year round oh, yeah. for your events, right? It's it's a real competition. We'll have uh, prop, approximately 250 different agencies train. Uh, last year, we had it in Fort Worth. We had uh, nine different states involved. We're getting Canada and Russia. They'll bring a couple of, of competitors in. So it's getting worldwide. With the police games, we also have the world games. I was fortunate. Is this, is this a qualifier for that? Is yes. That you do it? Okay. I, was, I got to go to Salt Lake City back in a good while ago, and it's, it's something to see that many police competitors. Yeah. But we have – you'd be surprised our SWAT teams and some of them that really train. It's, it's a good competition. I know a lot of my uh, friends that are like you, yourself – who are police officers were really good athletes in high school and college, and, and they go into it. So this gives them an avenue to continue yeah. doing that. Tell us about some of the greatest athletes you've seen come through. Guys, you're just like shocked. You're like, oh my goodness, they did some obstacle courses. Uh, I know the one, and I've, I've been on your obstacle courses amazingly hard. We have some a, of the times I heard were just astounding. We have an obstacle course out at our firing range that's, they go up to three stories. We've seen some uh, teams from bound down the panhandle, panhandle uh, South Texas, those guys, we have a, a pole that's slanted that goes up to the platform. Most of us sit down and work your way up. These guys run up. Run it. I remember you telling uh, me that. Anything to, to beat the time. We have a lot of rope climbs, and it's kind of like they train just for this, but everything we try to do in in that is like jumping over fences, mm-hmm. things that you're really going to do, do. police-related. So if they'll do that, it'll help them in their career. Right, yeah. Fair show question for Dwight? Hey, Dwight, you know, uh, Dan was talking about 30-plus years in. and t- What are some of the, some of the um, you know, areas you worked when you were on the police force? And then did, did, your, did your physical fitness needs vary at all, depending on what, what you were assigned to? And you've done just about everything. The yeah, I've, I've been real fortunate. I was on SWAT team for 19 years in we train regularly on that because mm. uh, it, it's a lot. But any any department or any shift, they have a lot of officers. And they now they actually have a gym in there that they work out and they try to promote that because, number one, it's going to keep you from getting injured if you're in good shape. C- mm-hmm. cuts down the sick time. And it's just the confidence is there. Mm-hmm. We have some, of course, the big joke is uh, police officers and donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, and we do that, and Who we have some that, donut, though, that man? Come look, on, but 
we have some officers that's really out of shape, but we try to, and that's what the police games are all about, trying to mm-hmm. encourage that to get in some kind of physical shape. What's so bad, a lot of them, you have shift work, and they're up late, and, but there's still time to train. So we really try to encourage that. You're talking about being a SWAT team and trying to uh, stay fit so you can uh, be a good SWAT team member. I remember watching a Navy SEAL uh, working with some baseball players, and they he's, so they took him out to a firing range, and they had him shooting, and then I forget the distance. It was a pretty far-off shot, and they were dinging the, the target every time. He goes, yeah, but can you do it when it matters? He goes, can you do it when it's – you, when uh, you're not laying under pressure. On, under pressure, you're not laying on something flat. And so what he did is he, because he do the baseball players competitive, he said, I want you all running up the mountain. Then we're come down here and do burpees. We're going to do it for time. You're competing with the other guys. And then I want you to lay down and hit the target as fast as you can. We're going to do it so you can do it the fastest. Yeah. And all of a sudden, those guys who were dinging the target, when they ran up the mountain, did the burpees, and then they were doing it for this competition, suddenly it wasn't quite as easy and it wasn't different. That's what, that's what you guys are training for. When you're yeah. in a situation when you have to make the shot to save somebody's life. You bet. Now, we're, we're actually – it's changing our training farms. You know, anybody can go up there, stand still, pull the gun out, and yeah, shoot the target. Right. We have to mm-hmm. do that to qualify, but a lot of them are encouraging running, physical fitness, and then because it's different. Controlling your breathing. And it's mainly your adrenaline's going. And the only way you can get that same repetitive from adrenaline is exercise. Yeah. Run and, and shoot. So it's a lot of difference. Yeah. And I I can't remember of any shootings you have that you're just standing there not, you know, calm and collected. So usually you have to run and stop shoot. So that's what they're training and a lot of the competitions they're doing like they have one where they'll run almost I don't know, two or three hundred yards, they jump over obstacles and they run and they have their gun dissembled unassembled oh wow and they have to put it together real quick and shoot because it gets adrenaline going yeah and so they have a lot of competition like that that i love this that encourages yeah that. and that and that's it's catching on uh-huh, i really yeah. do yeah so i love it fair share in the last minute and a half you have a question for uh, dwight kenny yeah dwight i've just, I've just wondered uh, how does how does your day-to-day now differ not being on the force anymore but being a constable i mean and and physical fitness in that in that realm as well well constable we do mostly civil but at any time, we yeah. can be in a fight or we can be in mm-hmm. a foot chase. So I tell people, I'll work traffic. It, you can't control that. You may be working the school zone and something come up and break loose. So it can happen at any time. Right. Hey, one last question in 30 seconds. You okay. took Dr. Dan to the highest hike he's ever been yes, on, I think, 14,000 yep. feet. How, yep. how did he do? I mean, he, he trained all the time. How did he do? <laughs> he did good. And if That's you've never different, climbed, hiking up a mountain. If you've never climbed 14 or it's a pretty good chore. It is good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> 14 or is 14,000. Yeah. 14,000. <laughs> yeah, but Dwight is in amazing shape, and he always has been. So he's well, always been my athletic hero. So yeah. it's really cool doing that with him. Well, Dwight, I want to say thank you for being on uh, Docs and Jocks. But more than that, we want to say thank you for the last, uh, I mean, gosh, man, was it 41? years you've been doing yeah. law enforcement yeah. now well Absolutely thank you amazing in the hall of fame uh, well deserves part of the police games tell us once again in the last 30 seconds here uh, our police games are coming to our area in june june the 16th through the 21st and we encourage you to come out and support your police department and watch them and there's some pretty good athletes and where is that location that people can go to uh they'll go to the elegante, is elegante the, yeah. and then the, the events will be scattered all over town right that so. is so cool so cool well good best of luck to all that this year uh thank you uh, congratulations on being inducted to the hall of yeah. fame Hey, you've been listening to Docs and Jocks, Sports Medicine Radio Show. 
Trike Nutrition is the answer when it comes to selecting the best protein on the market. Try our high-protein coffee flavors, original ice, mocha, vanilla, and peanut butter. Each serving has two shots of espresso, 20 grams of whey protein, and only 2 to 3 grams of sugar. Let Chike, that's C-H-I-K-E, nutrition, fuel your focus and power your day. Check out ilikechike.com and use discount code DOCSANDJOCKS for 20% off your order. Chike Nutrition, today's protein for tomorrow's success. Protect your vehicle's engine with Castrol Edge Full Synthetic Motor Oil. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get five quarts and a Wix filter for $33.99. Plus get a $15 gift card and 150 O-Rewards points. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts UP11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting UP11 to 88988. That's UP11 to 88988. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Guys, your girlfriend has a birthday coming up. Don't be basic. We don't like to see the same name brand gifts every year. So surprise her with something unique. Be creative. Be different. Check out giftingmap.com for all of your creative gifting needs. Yes, they have items like purses, apparel, home decor, jewelry, and more. But they are local Texas brands that will be hard to find anywhere else. So check out giftingmap.com. That's giftingmap.com. Change it up this year. Your gift won't disappoint. This is the Docs and Jock Sports Medicine Radio Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jock Sports Medicine Radio Show. Awesome to have you joining us this week. Remember, you can join us each week for our two-hour show or our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks. 
D-O-X and J-O-X, a tribe. And, man, we want to say thank you to make us one of the fastest-growing podcasts out there. I do want to say thank you to one of our great sponsors, ZoomBang. Uh, my son just got a, a knee brace. It's a, it's a material that's very soft, almost like T-shirt-like, that you can wear. And when it is contacted with force, it becomes extremely hard. So it's soft and easy, pliable, easy to wear. But when you sh- get struck by something like a baseball or a football player, or your knee hits the ground, it becomes this firm substance that no longer allows that force to be transmitted into the body. So it's, it's a great company, ZoomBang. If you want to go and uh, get a discount, just uh, put in Docs. 20 D-O-X-20, and you get a 20% discount if when you go to ZoomBang and check out and put DOX20, D-O-X-20, and, uh, man, get a 20% discount on a great product already. Don't want to miss it at ZoomBang.com. Hey, Ferris, I thought uh, we were talking earlier. By the way, great interview with my good friend Dwight Kinney, police officer for almost our law enforcement, 41 years in the police uh, officer, doing everything, SWAT and detective for 33 years. But, man, the police games is a really cool thing because it, it is something that protects all of us. These guys are staying fit so they can be those first responders when something bad goes down. And who do you want to be in good shape? The guys who got to get there first, right? So. Yeah, I see. I see some of these. I was interesting when he said fifty percent because I do see some of these guys. You know, you kind of just get used to probably doing your job and you know staying up late and maybe not sleeping a lot. And they they get they seem a little unhealthy at times. You know, so when he said about fifty percent, kind of let it go. But you know, he's right. I mean, probably. I mean, you hear things like ninety percent of the job of a cop his entire career is is there's no altercations. But man, when you do have that one, you need them. If you're not ready, <laughs> yeah. he said, you know, it changes their mindset afterwards. But some, some unfortunately don't walk away from those that very first time, which is tragic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Ferris and I both have done some jujitsu as a part of our training regimen in the past. And if you haven't fought somebody full oh. speed, another grown man, I'm telling you, it doesn't seem like it. 30 seconds to a minute seems like a lifetime when you're talking about truly full on fighting. The really good guys, the good jujitsu guys, and the good fighters, they learn to relax in the moment, if that's possible, if you can imagine doing that, but they do. Yeah. So they let you wear yourself out while they're just, you know, taking absorbing the energy by blocking and defending themselves and then once you're done you're toast you can't, they, they have you so yeah but it's yeah. a good cardiovascular workout if you want to do something like jiu-jitsu or something like that with my good friend Raymond Beal who's a black belt at jiu-jitsu who's been on the show numerous times yeah you know I, and I'm always we talked about it last week you know Mark, Mark Sisson's big thing is he just wants to look good naked you know that type of thing and yeah. be, be fit enough that you can go play with your kids and you can jump up on a roof and get a hat if you need to or whatever I but I, I'm really I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, I look at like the different athletes and things and think man that that's a great physique that's great shape and I look at fighters you know and I'm just like sprinters and fighters and I'm just like that's kind of the physique to go for because you're right rolling with the even even as a white belt you don't know what you're doing especially you expend a lot of energy but rolling for like a minute and a half round and those guys go five minute rounds you just mm-hmm. gassed gassed absolutely gassed and i thought the great thing i learned from the jiu-jitsu classes when i took with uh, professor beal is his very first point you know you think it'd be like okay i'm going to teach you fighting here's what we're going to learn you're going to put your hands this way your feet technique all that kind of stuff his first thing was i want to teach you to be aware of your surroundings and give you enough technique that you can get yourself out of a fight it yeah. wasn't to get in a fight. Yeah. It was to get out of a fight. So he's like immediately said, how many, how many exits are around us right now? And, you know, we all start looking around. He goes, too late. You need to know where those are before you come in. You've got to be aware of your surroundings. Who's behind you right now? We all look around like, nope, too late. You've got to know that before you get into it. So Yeah, cool. it's interesting. I, at, in Phoenix, I was training with John Crouch, who's at uh, the lab. And, of course, he's got Benson Henderson as one of his fighters. He's got a fight team, too. But a lot of the guys that we were training were, you know, he was like, hey, this is to, to for fun, number one. It's it's a fun sport to learn. But number two, if something happens, you know, he talks about you, you don't want to fight anybody. You you don't want to fight somebody. But if they make you fight them, you know, the goal is this, to, to separate yourself, to create distance, to get out of there. 
usually said you're only going to get in an altercation if a loved one is involved and you can't get yourselves all out of there safely. That Then you've got to get into an altercation. But yeah, he's the same way. He's like, I'm going to show you some ways to get out of there. And he said, too, you know, it's okay. You're not going to hurt anybody if you put them to sleep. You put them to sleep, they wake up, go, what just happened? And you're you're down the road, you know? Yep. that's that's You don't want to hurt somebody. You want to get out of the situation as best as possible. But that's why I'm glad guys like Dwight Kenny are putting together these uh, police games. So the guys who have to come and get me out of a fight, you know, to fight the bad guys or take care of the bad guys or chase down the bad guys, I want them to be fit. So I'm glad there's guys like Dwight Kenny around in this uh, planet to keep me uh, out of trouble. That's awesome. Hey, we were talking uh, the first segment. I don't know if you caught it or not. If you didn't, you can always listen to us at docsandjocks.com or our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks. But we were talking about the uh, hockey player, Joe Pavlevsky, who uh, he uh, took a puck off the face and he made a goal and he said he would do it all over again. And we were talking about how all these football players and ex-power uh, lifters would say they'd do it all again and that they kind of were even though they may have some joint problems and ankle problems. It reminded me of a good friend of mine, and this is uh, appropriate because – uh, we just lost this week Forrest Gregg. Forrest Gregg was one of the great uh, linemen in the NFL. He played for the Packers, I believe, from like 56 to 70. And he finished his career. He won two Super Bowls with them. He finished his career with the uh, Cowboys and won Super Bowl six with the Cowboys. I think he won like five when they used to call it a uh, world championship or something like that with the Packers back before it was uh, Super Bowls. Mm. But just a great. He's a Hall of Fame lineman. So I'm with my buddy, uh, an older man named Bill Forrester, who was a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers when Vince Lombardi got there. He played for SMU, and then he played for the Packers. And so he played with Forrest Gregg. And so Bill used to take me out, and we would go fishing. And Bill was in his 70s at that time. He was a huge man back in the day. He was still a huge man even when I knew him as in his 70s. But he's, he's about six foot five. His ankles didn't work correctly. Had bad, bad ankle arthritis. I just remember looking at his feet. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how's he mm. walking? His knees were permanently flexed because his knee contractures were so bad from his arthritis. He walked with a hunched gait with his back because he had, uh, you know, had so many uh, injuries to his back while he was playing. And so we would go when you go fishing. We'd get on this six foot little John boat, and it was just big enough for me and <laughs> me and Bill to get in. And I was. <laughs> I know, and he gets in, and like he's teetering, and we're out of the lake. I'm like, oh, please, Lord, don't let this football player go down. Like, I can't save this yeah, guy. Yeah, and there's no way I'm going to let Bill Forster, my buddy, drown, so we're both going to go down if we're going to go we're down. We're going down together. Oh, so we were always out in this boat, and I loved Bill, and he was a great man. He would take me fishing. He'd call me up spur of the moment. We'd go, let's go. And this one was in medical school, and most of the time I was like, oh, Bill, I got medical school. And he was like, what? I'm like, anyway. He probably wasn't worried at all either, right? He's in there, it's teetering. He's oh. just like, not a care in the world. No, he didn't. Never had a care. So this one time he calls me and said, hey, we're going to go. And so I get in the truck with him, and he had one of those little small little trucks. And, and uh, he goes, hey, I need to stop and pick up a friend of mine. So we're driving along, and he stops at this house there in the Dallas area. And he, this guy comes walking out. And I'm like, oh, he kind of looks familiar. And sure enough, it was Forrest Gregg, the guy that just <laughs> passed away this week. So me, Bill wow. Forrester, and Forrest Gregg get in this little John boat on a little pond in the middle of nowhere. And Forrest Gregg, by the way, he's a Hall of Fame lineman too. So now we're both in a six-foot John boat with two guys that have a very difficult time walking. Both of them, if they fall in, there's no way I'm getting them out. So I remember the water was like a quarter of an inch from the top as we're sitting in this boat. I'm like, oh, we're going to take on water, these guys. But once we got out there, Forrest Gregg could not have been more friendly. You know me. I do a radio show where I like to talk and ask a lot of questions to people. So yeah. now I've got two – so Green, so for, Bill Forrester, Vince Lombardi in his book, When Pride Still Mattered – he says in the book, if I could take anybody's heart that I ever coached and put it in every player, it's Bill Forrester. He called him Big Tex. 
But he said, I take Tex. <laughs> and I would put that heart in everybody. So that's how great Bill Forrester was. He was the middle linebacker, the captain of Vince Lombardi's defense. That's He's a tough Pretty kid. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And you got Forrest Gregg, who's considered by many. He was picked in the uh, in the NFL when they did their all-75th year all-time football team. He was picked as one of the linemen. So he's pretty dang good too, right? So, yeah. And he's in the that's Hall of Fame. That's a good boat right there, man. So I got these two dudes trapped in a boat in the middle of a lake. I asked them every question. You know, as a fan, you're not supposed to ask all those questions. I asked every question. And on our way back, we stopped by this place. I think it was called Just for Feet. I think it's out of business now. It was like a sports shoe store. And Mm Bart Starr was the guy in there. He was their spokesman. We stop in and we walk in and Bart Starr. So I'm with Bill and Forrest Craig. They just walk through all the security. Everybody's like, hey, you can't go in there. These two dudes aren't listening. They just walk by everybody and I'm their little tail. I'm walking by and say, hey, I'm with them. You know, they're trying to stay on their six. Yeah, I did. And we walk up and we stop. And Bart Starr, who had this line going out the door, extending out the door for autographs to meet Bart Starr, the great quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he, he stops and he talks to us. And because I'm part of the group, he mainly, he knows these two guys really well, right? So they kind of catch up a little. Then he starts asking me questions. I'm like, I'm hanging out with Barstar, Forrest Gregg, and Bill Forrester, the Green Bay Packers' original dream team, right there in the middle of the store. And I was like, I don't know if this is really happening or I'm in heaven. I don't know, man. It's like that uh, Field of Dreams question when they yeah. say, you know, is this heaven? They're like, this no, it's heaven? Iowa. No, I was like, no, it's just for feet. But, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> is this heaven? No, it's just for feet. <laughs> it's just for feet. But that's my Forrest Gregg story. I've uh-huh. met him for – one day, about 10 hours one day in a little John boat with my friend Bill Forrester. And I, I, it's one of the greatest memories I have. Just off the cuff, didn't know it was going to happen. Just spontaneous, but never had a better day in my life. Just hanging out with a couple of football dudes, man. Incredible. Nice. That, 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 yeah, that's amazing. It, it's always nice when you meet these people that you hear about all the time and they're actually good dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, and, and honestly, you hear about all the knuckleheads, the Antonio Browns, and the. Oh this, no, these most guys of them are. So most of them are nice that. guys, right? Even even in this day and age, yeah. Let you me just get... hear about them more. Most most of them are nice dudes. They really are. Let me tell you about Bill Forrester to say how far away from Antonio Brown's mindset he was. So Bill Forrester, who is the starting middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers, goes in and asks for a raise because he was he just had his first child and he was uh, somewhat disabled. And so he, he, he needed some money, and he wasn't making much money being a starting linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. So he goes into Vince Lombardi and says, hey, I, I would like a raise. And Vince Lombardi said, hey, we can't do that for you. So Bill Forster, instead of pouting, instead of striking, whatever, in the offseason sold sports equipment, sporting equipment, so he could raise enough money to stay playing for the Green Bay Packers. He has another child after that, and he stops playing football because he needs to take care of his family. So he needs to sell sporting goods instead of being the starting middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. He wasn't cut. He just stopped playing because he needed to raise money for his family. That's a little bit different mindset than Antonio Brown ever was. Demanding so, a trade. Yeah, and striking. Love, and what, was the, what was the other guy? Lavelle, Lavar, whatever his name was. That Lavian Bell. Lavian Bell, yeah. yeah. He was just like, I'm not going to play for a year. Yeah. And these guys complain. I can't believe they franchise tagged me and I have to settle for eighteen million for one year. I know, I know. It's just that's a different, different, world. different era. Yeah, but Bill, like I said, at the end of the day, most of these guys, I've met a lot of pro athletes. You have too. Most of them are pretty good dudes. They're down oh, to earth. They, they, yeah. They're wired differently. That's for sure. Yeah. They're very yeah. intense and they're very, like you said, they walked right through security. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just how they're wired. <laughs> that's just man. how they. Yeah, that's just how they roll. But they're nice guys. Yeah, Forrest <laughs> Greg uh, passed uh, this week, and he passed a uh, complication of Parkinson's disease. Mm. Parkinson's is a movement disorder where your brain doesn't make enough dopamine, so you don't have smooth uh, movements, and so eventually you get so. Um, immobilized from it, things like pneumonia gets much easier to get. Uh, you get a lot. It, it really, honestly, in life, 
immobility causes a a horrific domino effect of bad things that happen. If you want to have a good quality of life, I'm going to say this again. If you want to have a good quality of life, stay strong as you age. I'm not talking about just walking. I'm talking about staying strong as you age. You've got to stay active. You've got to be mobile. And uh, things like uh, Parkinson's disease can't be stopped, you know, but they can be helped. But it, you, you've got to stay active if you don't have one of those disorders. But, hey, yeah. I want to say thank you to the great Bill Forrester, who since passed, and the great Forrest Gregg for the greatest day ever on a little lake in the middle of nowhere. Hey, we'll be right back with more Docs and Jocks after this short commercial break. The past few weeks, we have been reviewing a great book by Darren Donnelly called Think Like a Warrior, The Five Inner Beliefs That Make You Unstoppable. Today, we will look at belief number four. It states, I am relentless and I will never give up on my dreams. I know that problems will come my way, but I know that I have what it takes to overcome each and every one of them. No matter what obstacles I face today, I will fight my way through them. Nothing can stop me from reaching my chosen destination. I choose to persevere and never back down from the obstacles that stand between me and my dreams. Simply making this decision to never give up assures me of success in whatever I set out to do. I will never, ever give up on my dreams. I am unstoppable. This is a great mindset for any athlete to possess. Here at the Edge Mental Strength Training, we work with athletes of all ages to develop this belief and to do what it takes to reach their dreams. If you would like to learn more about this, you can reach us by clicking on our link at docsandjocks.com. This has been your Mental Strength Minute. The Second Level. The system still allows for you to tank, for you to be out there with a really bad team, lose basketball games on purpose, putting out such a bad roster, making it so difficult, despite having guys out there who are competing for jobs, making it so difficult to win games. That's real, and that's sanctioned by the NBA. The Second Level, weekdays from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern on SB Nation Radio. SB Nation AM. Florida man arrested with two cans of fart spray. Wow. <laughs> why was he arrested for two no cans of fart knows. spray? No, no, why? Why would he have it? Why is it illegal to have it? And why do you need two? Is was there it, some law in Florida that you can't have fart in a can? Well, you is know, it? we did talk about that yesterday. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the minor league Marlins team that's going to be doing a promotion come in July, trying to break Florida laws. Maybe one of them is not being allowed to carry cans of fart spray. Oh, I can only see it now, right? Ladies and gentlemen, it is illegal in the state of Florida to obtain and use a fart can. Check under your seats here at the Jumbo Shrimp Stadium. Grab those cans, ladies and gentlemen, and on the count of three, hit the aerosol button at the top. One, two, three, spray! And it's just like everybody's like, ah, this is awesome. We're breaking the law. Oh, no. What have we done? SB Nation AM with Tony D. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on SB Nation Radio. If business, pleasure, or sports fandom takes you to Houston, Dallas, Austin, Fort Worth, or San Antonio, check out CultureMap.com to get the scoop on the local favorites. From the best restaurants, bars, pubs, and clubs to the biggest sights and sounds each city has to offer, CultureMap has it all. Just head over to CultureMap.com. The expert team personally reviews and visits each spot to make sure you get the best experience. And if you're coming back, sign up for free CultureMap updates at CultureMap.com. This is the gold standard. Bryce Harper, is that a moment that can get baseball out of the regional issue that I think it has, and most agree it has, 
we all have no issue watching our local team. The issue is paying attention in the regular season to other teams across the country. That's what baseball can only dream of, right? Is baseball on a national level with national stars, especially outside of the postseason, being discussed. How much fun was that? Bryce Harper's getting booed less than a year after returning. It was awesome because we were, as an, an audience, nationally, so focused in on one team, one player, for one night in the month of April. Give me another example where we've had that. The Gold Standard with Alex Gold. Weekday nights from 10 to 1 Eastern on SB Nation Radio. This is the Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome to Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show. This is Dr. Dan coming from inside Docs and Jocks Radio Studio, deep in the heart of Texas. Hey, thank you to all our wonderful listeners. Remember, you can contact us with your question at DocsandJocks.com and uh, click doc, uh, contact Dr. Dan and catch us that way anytime, anywhere. Get your question heard here on Docs and Jocks. Hey, I want to say thank you to my great uh, friend, Chad Fulkerson, who always sends us a great firehouse lunch a firehouse uh, has a under 500 calorie lunch and i always get the uh, man the great beef salad so I mean, get a little uh, beef get a little uh, salad ferris my co-host each week is a uh, big paleo guy likes to eat a pretty ketogenic diet right up your alley right there ferris man i was eating a little beef a little salad tastes good that's the way to go man beef salad chicken salad turkey yeah awesome firehouse subs it's the way to go man hey uh Remember, you can listen to us anytime, anywhere by going to our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. Remember, our two-hour show, we're heard one hour all across the nation on our SB, syndic- SB Nation syndicated radio show, Docs and Jocks. But you can catch our second hour by going to our iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks. I uh, wanted to bring up before our, and, and make sure in our first hour they talk about this, Ferris, because I was the one that actually had one of our uh, research uh, interns here, Tag Deuce, send you the uh, video of the Auburn terrible gym, Auburn Stop gymnast it. Samantha oh. Samantha Serio, I believe is how you say her name, and it is one of the oh. most horrific injuries to watch. I'm I'm a sports medicine physician, and it was hard for me to watch. She she is on a floor routine and she's running and she does a full I don't know what all these are called but basically a full front flip and she lands while she hits the edge of the mat when it does it kind of springs her body a little bit in backwards and so all the force is going through her knees and it dislocates both knees both not not the kneecaps not the patellar it's not a patellar dislocation she dislocates both knee joints posteriorly so the tibia mm. The lower leg bone, the big one, the tibia, the, the femur, the bigger leg bone up more proximal, more close to the body, it slides posterior, the tibia does to it, and it's on both of them. So very, very hard horrible. to watch. Horrible to watch. But, hey, stay oh. tuned with us here on our second hour. We'll be back back with more Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show, after this short commercial break. Stay tuned with us. This is Dr. Dan. Be right back. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks. This is Dr. Dan with my co-host each week, Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. And 
Man, we love doing what we do here, talking about what's going on in the sports medicine world. Remember, you can join us each week, anytime, anywhere. If you are not in one of our listening audience uh, radio station areas, you can do so by going to iTunes podcast, Docs and Jocks, D-O-X and J-O-X. Hey, Ferris, I want to go ahead and promote for our uh, promote for our Abilene listening audience and our Texas listening audience, those in Wichita Falls, Amarillo, all over, who listen to Docs and Jocks routinely. Next week, we are having on Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, Rob O'Neill, who wrote the book Operator. He is the man credited with the shots that killed Osama bin Laden. He is also on the team that got out Captain Phillips from the movie when the Somalia pirates uh, took him over, his boat over, and he is also the guy that led the expedition to get Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor out of the village uh, he was in after his team had been lost. So we are going to have in studio Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, the operator, man. I am so pumped. I am so excited. He is going to be in Abilene, actually, April 18th, next Thursday. He's going to be in at 7 p.m. for Folds of Honor. He is. Uh, it's an organization that raises money for those who have lost loved ones uh, to the battlefield to raise money to have their kids go to scholarships, raise scholarships to go to college and extend their education. I can't think of a better organization than that. And uh, remember, he's going to be at Taylor County Expo Center. And you go to TaylorCountyExpoCenter.com and uh, order your tickets to hear Rob O'Neill, the operator, uh, speak. Man, can you believe, Ferris, after all these years we've been doing this radio show, Rob O'Neill, SEAL Team 6 member, the guy who took down Osama bin Laden, probably the biggest event, one of the biggest events in our lifetime. He's going to be in studio here yeah. at Docs and Jocks. That's crazy, man. I mean, these guys are, it'd be great to talk to him for on a lot of things, not just the fact that of what he did, you know, toward the end of his career with, with those two rescues and that, 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 uh, taking down bin Laden. But it's just amazing. We talk about the mindset of the athlete and how physically fit you have to be to do those things. It's not life and death. You know, this is like the real deal. Yeah. And this is, this is, I mean, we talked with the police officer in the first hour. Dwight, this is, that's a real deal. This is a real, real deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is this is life and death, and your fitness could be the difference yeah, well, for you and, and other people on your team. Oh, absolutely, because Mark Sutrell's life was uh, hanging in the balance when he was in that Afghan village. He was injured, and he was uh, being tracked, obviously, by the Taliban, and he uh, O'Neill being able to get him out. A lot of guys who went on that expedition to get him out had already stopped, and O'Neill was like, I'm not going to be stopped. In fact, he told one of the Rangers, uh, I'm not going to call Mrs. Luttrell and tell her we didn't get her son out because uh, uh, we got too tired to do it and we just couldn't continue. So all that is going to be on Docs and Jocks next week. Rob O'Neill, Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, the man who shot Osama bin Laden, who wrote the book, Operator, going to be in studio on Docs and Jocks. Hey, we'll be right back with Docs and Jocks after the short break. You're listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Buffalo Wild Wings, First Financial Bank, and MDI Abilene. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, this is Dr. Dan and Ferris, my co-host, uh, talking about what's going on in the sports medicine world. Ferris, I thought we'd jump right into the Dallas Cowboys. You seem to be right now a little bit of a train wreck with regards to injuries. Hard to say that. <laughs> It is, it is rough. It started yet. I know, man. The Dallas Cowboys right tackle, uh, uh, Leo hey. Collins, he is the latest. He had surgery repair, a torn right rotator cuff uh, in early February. It was just now reported, and so he is going to be out for a period of time. Rotator cuffs are one of those ones we've talked about a lot here on Docs and Jocks. It is very hard to predict the return based on what a rotator cuff surgery entails because every patient is different. 
your neighbor's rotator cuff tear compared to your rotator cuff tear can be two totally separate rehabs, two totally separate amount of time that you have to be out. Uh, it's how big the tear is, where it is, what it involves, all what muscles it involved. Was it associated with other injuries about the shoulder, like a labral tear, those types of things. So you got a lot going on with uh, his shoulder. So hopefully he'll be back. But he joins now Pro Bowl defensive end Demarcus Lawrence, who had surgery uh, this last week on Wednesday to repair a torn labrum in his shoulder, as well as cornerback Byron Jones, who had hip surgery last month. Uh, right guard Zach Martin had elbow surgery in January. Defensive tackle uh, Malil Collins had foot surgery in January, and he is supposedly progressing well. That's a lot of studs for the Dallas Cowboys who are down post-surgery. At least they're doing the offseason, got some time to get back. But, man, if those guys aren't ready to go back and uh, be ready to go full tilt 100%, there could be some uh, problems for the Dallas Cowboys for sure. So, It's a lot. It seems like we're having this a lot with the Cowboys. Like It seems like every every year they're having just this snake bit with some of these injuries, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, I mean, if they're going to start the season like this, like I said, it hasn't even started yet. They haven't even had the draft yet. I know. Yeah, we're already down you know, four potential pro bowlers already. So it's, it's, it's pretty rough. Hey, speaking of rough Ferris, I don't, it has really no, nothing to do with uh, sports medicine per se, but it is uh, something we need to comment on. Chris Davis for the Baltimore Orioles has now uh, become the most prolific hitless streak guy of all time. He's 0 for 53. I mean, I've had some times where That's I felt like, crazy. you know, 0 for 12 felt like 0 for 53 because it takes so long. You know, baseball is one of those sports that is so difficult. 0 for 53. Hopefully maybe our next guest we're going to have on Dr. Russell Lyles. He is a uh, sports optometrist. Maybe we talk to him about maybe there's something uh, Chris Davis needs to get checked with his vision. 0 for 53, there's got to be a lot of things going on right bad right there, man. That's just it's a long streak. It extends all the way back to last season. He's a guy that's kind of all or none, home run or strikeout kind of guy. But seriously, 0 for 53 in the big leagues, just signed a big deal, what, two years ago for a multi-million dollar deal? Something's up. Well, I mean, I guess – I, mean, I guess you're the Orioles. You know, you're not going anywhere this year. So what do you? I mean, you just let him keep playing. But I mean, at some yeah, point, even stop. if you have that much money outlay, you just, don't, don't you just at least he has he's no plans for your future. Don't you just cut him and pay him to go away and bring up a minor leaguer who might actually do something now, but might be a guy you have at first base or DH in your future. I mean, yeah. it's just. It's a waste for everybody. Hey, don't you remember that line by Billy Bean in Moneyball where he's talking to Dave Justice? And he's, yeah. And uh, Dave Justice is giving him a hard time about some of the moves he's making. And he goes, hey, Justice, do you realize the team that traded you to us, they paid us to take you off their hands because he had such a big deal, you know, that they basically paid $7 million to get you yeah. to not be part of their team. So why don't you pipe down a little bit? I just I always remember that line. But Chris Davis may be the yeah. next guy that somebody is going to – the Baltimore Orioles are going to pay somebody to take him off their hands. Yeah, I honestly, I even the Baltimore Orioles said you can have him for free and we'll pay everything. What are you going to do with him? Like he can't hit. I don't know what happened, but he can't hit. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just, there's, there's no. I mean, there's, but, he, but he had a year no where he hit like 50 plus home runs, right? He almost, almost hit what fit mid. Yeah, but how long ago? How long ago <laughs> was that? I mean, it was. It Usually, was during I, a contract year, and and I really do want to talk to Dr. Lyles about this, but I really feel like when you see a baseball player that suddenly can't hit, or or especially like let's just take it at a younger age. Let's go. Uh, a kid that's a stud in Little League and now he can't hit uh, when he gets to be 18, you know, 13, 14, 15 in high school. I really feel like there's something possibly wrong with the general. I'm sure they've checked Chris Davis for his vision. But there's something at the visual level that doesn't allow them to converge quickly or there's something where they're not picking it up. Because you'll see it a lot in Little League players that then suddenly become 
poor high school players that they just can't track the ball in such a way. If you are a parent listening, I think you can listen to our next interview coming up with Dr. Russell Lyles and talk, and then we'll talk about why does it matter what your eyes are doing to be able to hit a baseball consistently. Even if you're 20-20 vision, but you can't do some of the things that are required in a ball coming at you very fast, I think vision is one of the big problems that these guys have that makes them not be able to hit a baseball or even barrel it up consistently. Maybe they hit it, but they're not able to barrel it up. Hey, I mean, look, I, I I hope it's something. You know me, I always I always revert to uh, some type of illegal substances or something <laughs> like that that he's no longer allowed to do. Yeah, but, yeah. but, yeah, no, I mean, he – look, Chris Davis uh, was like third in the MVP voting in 2013 at 53 homers, 138 RBI, hit 26 in X, then 47, then 38, now down to 26 in 2017 with 195 Ks, struck out over 200 times the two years prior. And yeah, 79 hits last year in 522 plate appearances. Wow. Uh, struck out 192 times, hit a buck 68. And yeah, he just, I mean, he just, he just can't hit. But I guess, I guess they figure, hey, we signed him in 2000. Uh, he signed through 2022. Yeah. I mean, so they've got him for what, three more years? And yeah. it's a $161 million deal over seven years. So. Oh. I, I think, don't know. I think he just uh, set the record for the uh, worst long-term contract versus uh, Albert Pujols. Uh, what was it? Thirteen years for three hundred million or something like that. But this may be much worse. At least Pujols has been like semi production-wise. Production-wise, yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Semi okay. Hey, uh, your Kansas City Royals affairs is a big Kansas City Royals fan. Uh, and I love this. Yeah, time baby. The, Billy Hamilton, uh, who is their center fielder, the fast fleet, the foot fleet-footed uh, center fielder for the uh, Reds, who's Isn't now that really with the Royals. Fast. I know. He was fast carted off the footed. field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was carted off the field in the ninth inning in Thursday's game, 7-6 mm. loss to the Mariners after injuring his left knee while trying to make a game-ending catch. The MRI after the game revealed a mild left knee sprain and is considered day-to-day. So, But if you're going to hurt yourself on a play, you like to see the gamers. You like to see guys like Billy Hamilton who's going to go after it and try and make the great catch. You know, it could have hurt his career, yeah. you know, but, you know. I love to see a gamer who's going to go out and give it his all. If you're going to try and do it, doing the ninth inning, trying to make a game-ending catch. He didn't make the catch, though, did he? No, he didn't. Yeah, your Royals lost. So, yeah. sorry, man. <laughs> That's pretty common, though, with my Royals this year. Oh, they uh, But well. I love them. I love the Royals. I like. I actually like kind of what they're doing this year, trying to get the young guys some more at-bats. But what about Whit Merrifield? What's he up to, like, 35, 36 uh, game hitting streak? Um, and he's a guy, this is for everybody out there. He's a guy who didn't break into the majors till he was, you know, too old really to do it. Like in his late twenties. Yeah. Uh, and he's got this, I think, gosh, I thought he was up to 35 game hit streak. He broke George Brett's uh, team record Did he for really? a hitting streak. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some good things going on there, at least for the Kansas City Royals. Well, one good thing. One good thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, speaking of a good thing, Mike Trout, who's a good thing for anybody's team that he is on. Probably Best the, ever. Yeah, Mickey Mantle of our era, as I'd like to call yep, him. I think so. He said well, this last week that uh, he has now strained his right groin and is, is feeling better, he said, but he's hoping to return to the lineup Friday against the Cubs. Remember, groin injuries are the muscles inside of your thigh. It's the uh, adductor group. It's the muscle group that pulls your leg back towards the midline. So when your leg is out or your foot's out away from your midline and you pull it back in, that's your – adductor group and there's several muscles that there's adductor magnus there's adductor longus there's several of them in that make up that group but this is the same injury that took lebron down if you remember in the december uh 25th the christmas day game against the golden state Warriors, he had the groin injury and he never was quite the same when he came back they went 6-11 in his absence they fell out of the playoff hunt 
and uh, even when he came back, he wasn't the same player. So you you hate to see injuries to guys like Mike Trout. You hate to see guys the injuries injuries to like guys like LeBron James, because what it does is it slows them down and it makes them for a period of time kind of uh, in you know they always think they're invincible, but you realize they they can have injuries and they can be slowed down. Speaking of, I want you to answer two things. One, uh, do you think uh, without Mike Trout in the lineup, the Angels would have a chance to make the playoffs this year? I mean, that's an obvious question. And then LeBron James, do you think his groin injury is the reason that Magic Johnson, in, in, in the long run, is the reason that he no longer is the president of basketball operations? He just uh, stepped down this week. No and no. <laughs> no, they can't make the playoffs. They probably can't even make the playoffs uh, with Mike Trout in the lineup, yeah, but it gives them a much better chance. But, no, I think Magic was in all these meetings and all the pressure and all the stress, and he, he stepped back and said, wait a minute. What am I I'm doing? I'm Magic Johnson. What am I doing? I don't have to do this. I can ride off in the sunset. I, I'm a I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, at any time. Why am I in meetings about how to fix this crummy ball club? I'm out of here. Adios. I think he just literally was like, yeah. what am I doing? I don't yeah. want to do this. This is what I want to be. Oh, I know. Hey, when we come back, we're talking Dr. Russell Lyles. He's with Elite Eye Care, sports optometrist, talking everything about care. We'll be right back. You're listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by West Texas Neurosurgery, Abilene Tech. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to your sports medicine radio show, Docs and Jocks. I am Dr. Dan, longtime sports medicine physician with Texas Sport and Spine, as well as my co-host, Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University, longtime sports broadcaster. We're talking about what's going on in the sports medicine world, and we are always honored to have on great guests each week, and this week uh, we're very honored to have in studio with us sports vision specialist, Dr. Russell Lyles. He's with Elite Eye Care. Uh, Dr. Lyles, thanks so much for being in studio with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we were just talking uh, the uh, segment before about really why do we see some baseball players, and I'm not saying Chris Davis, obviously he's a professional baseball player, he's had his eyes checked, but we see some baseball players like whether they're, when they're young and suddenly they just can't hit the fast pitch anymore. I know there's, there's mechanics to go into it, but I've always been on the belief that a lot of those kids that were maybe great little leaguers that no longer hit when they're 13, 14, 15 as the pitching gets faster, there is some visual component to their inability to see and hit the ball squarely like they used to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they could have – like you mentioned, uh, convergence insufficiency. Um, Which for a listening audience, what is this? So, I mean, I would never have known that term except my son <laughs> had it. So when I, when I found out my son had it, I actually learned about it. So, uh, It's just the eyes not working together. They can't converge or they can't move together um, at the proper rate to keep their focus. On so there's one ball moving at you. Your two eyes have to square in on that baseball moving for you, converge on that ball coming at you to be able right. to hit it squarely. Right, absolutely. And you've got to follow it all the way from the pitcher's arm all the way to where where it meets your bat. Do you so. think that's what Chris Davis is doing? He's just not converging quickly. I'm just not putting you on your body. You don't know anything <laughs> about Chris Davis, but 0 for 53, something bad's going on there. Man. Yeah, something's going on. Woo! I don't know. Yeah, he cannot hit a baseball. But the reason we had you on this week is that uh, third baseman for the Boston Red Sox, Brock Holt, who is a, a local West Texas boy. Brock Holt is from Stephenville, Texas, played down at Rice, and now he's with the Red Sox. His two-year-old son poked him in the eye and gave him a corneal abrasion. So for our listening audience, first of all, tell us what a corneal abrasion is, and we'll talk about the treatment of it. Yeah, so the cornea is the sensitive tissue on the very, very front part of the eye, um, and it's got more pain receptors than anywhere else in the human body per square inch um, it's one of the most sensitive tissues in the human body so any even the smallest abrasion is going to feel really painful and it's going to make you light sensitive it's going to make you photophobic where you don't want to go out in the sun and you probably have to close your eyes and you can't see anything out of that eye anyway um, but typically speaking it heals up pretty easily 
um, within four or five days um, should return back to normal, have normal visual acuity, um, depending on how deep the abrasion is or the scratch is. Yeah. So those injuries are. I've, I've worked in emergency rooms. You see patients come in. I'll have these things. They are. They. Are, when you say it hurts, it's excruciating. These guys come in and they're like they're like rolling around in terrible, terrible pain. Oh, yeah. Oftentimes, associate even gives them like sets off like headaches and mm -hmm. terrible things. And so it's not just a simple nick of the eye and like oh it hurts for a few seconds like if you poked. It's a pain that is sustained for a period of time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of those ten out of ten on the pain yeah, scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I normally do when I see a corneal abrasion is I'll put a bandage contact lens on that eye. kind of helps cover the cornea and helps it heal up properly. Um, you always want to make sure that you heal up that abrasion all the way because if you don't, you have a risk for having what's called a recurrent corneal erosion. And basically, if that tissue never heals up, um, you can still have that gap there. And then sometime it's later like have on a down pothole the road. kind of like on the road, be like mm -hmm. a little pothole. Yeah, and then... And then it'll re-injure itself. Yeah. So whenever you wake up in the morning, your eyes open up for the first time and your eyes are a little bit dry, um, you can re-injure that and oh. have that same abrasion that can keep coming back, keep coming back, huh. keep coming back unless you get it healed up properly. Very interesting. Fierce, you have a question for Dr. Lyles? Yeah, so just I mean, just a little you know about that with Brockle, how, how, how worrisome is that? I mean, ideally, it sounds like if they do it everything correctly, it should heal fine and you should be good to go after, after the healing process. But is that something for a professional baseball player that when he does that and you hear that, you go, ooh. We got to be careful with this one. Yeah, you definitely want to take all the precautions. Um, as long as it's not deep into the deeper layer of the cornea, then it shouldn't leave any scarring. Um, he should, his vision should return back to normal. Shouldn't have any problems with that. If it's really, really deep, um, probably not that likely from an infant's fingernail. But if there was some other type of injury, then it would be more likely to scar up and not have that visual acuity return back to normal. Yeah, go ahead, Ferris. Yeah, we, 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 I, I haven't heard a lot of the scratching like this with him. I mean, we see a lot of this in like boxing and stuff. They'll catch a finger in the eye or something and like a detached retina and things like that, which uh, is different, but that seems to be much more serious. And it's, I think Sugar Ray Leonard had that and really struggled with it the rest of his life. Yeah, so the retina, that, that's on the back of the eye. So that's kind of the opposite, opposite side of the eye than the cornea. Um, and that is a lot more serious injury. So that's where all of your photoreceptors are. Um, that's where the, light is converted into what makes you see and what you what is actually responsible for your vision so a retinal detachment um, much much more serious injury um, much less likely to have a full recovery after that okay so let's go back to the uh, little leaguer who can't hit a baseball and uh, there's someone driving around right now and his, his parent is <laughs> like suddenly i can't hit the, my son just doesn't look like you see the baseball or my softball swinging daughter doesn't seem like she's following the track in the softball in so first of all, how do they diagnose that? Would they come to someone like you, a sports vision uh, specialist, and, and is that how they would uh, get diagnosed? Yeah, um, obviously you want to start out with a comprehensive eye exam, make sure that their vision is doing everything that needs to be, make sure they're not a little bit nearsighted or if they don't have a little bit of astigmatism. Um, those type of things can have a play a role in it as well. But, yeah, we, we check accommodative function and make sure that the, the eyes are working together, make sure that they're converging, make sure, making sure that uh, – everything's working properly and then if we discover something on that then we can do some sports vision training and try to build up on that and uh, improve whatever yeah and you being a sports vision specialist you actually have a program that works on grading and looking at that and trying to train the eye to improve things like convergence tell us about the program that you use and i know you uh, i can talk from personal experience with this you've treated my son and he's uh, his numbers have improved dramatically so yeah so we use the synaptic sensory station so it's a 55 inch screen touchscreen tv 
Um, and it has a bunch of different training apps on there. So some of it works on hand-eye coordination, some of it works on near-far shift, um, some of it works on visual processing, um, just kind of depending on what the athlete needs. Um, and it's, yeah, it's worked great. It's, it's really easy to use, really user-friendly, and um, yeah, we've had some really good success with it. When you see like kids, because nowadays it seems like every, uh, from about eight years old to about 16 year old is doing some type of video game. They're mm-hmm. doing. They're always on whatever. There's. I can't keep track of Fortnite, and there's eighteen thousand other ones now. <laughs> so when they're doing that, is it? Uh, is it? Is there a certain distance that would help them with their vision? Is that? Is it a good thing? First of all, to be playing the video games for, just for eye care, not not all the other stuff, the lack of exercise and all that. But right. just from an eye care standpoint, is it good to be doing the video games? Should they sit close? Should they sit far away? Should they be medium distance? Does it matter? Um. <laughs> Probably the further away, the better it's going to be as far as if they're training their vision. Yeah. Um, too close, then you can you can start to have other issues there. Um, but one thing that a lot of research is kind of pointing towards with all the digital devices, whether it's a TV, a computer screen, a cell phone, um, they're all putting off this blue light. Yeah. It's actually a little bit harmful for your eyes, um, especially harmful for the retina. And so we can put a blue light filter on glasses now that, that helps block a lot of that. But there's a lot of predictions that the prevalence of macular degeneration and some other retinal issues are going to increase with all of the increased use of all these digital devices in our kids and everything huh really fair show question for dr lyles yeah going back to this uh dr downs talking about the little leaguer walking around and stuff like that you know most kids have their regular eye exams or they do them in schools and things like that if the if, if a guy's got a kid that's an athlete i mean does it make sense to just set up an appointment with your group come in and do some of these tests and do some of those things or is it more if they're noticing some problem then they should come in and check get checked out um if they're if they're wanting their their kid to be an elite athlete and use every resource that they can um then yeah it would be it's it's not gonna hurt it's gonna benefit i mean everyone could literally benefit from it whether you're Mm -hmm. um, military uh, law enforcement anything like that but especially athletes and so even if they're not having problems then it's it's not gonna hurt anything it's gonna help improve with whatever we discover with that yeah, it's interesting because we do see uh, there's a lot of people listening to the show right now who who are who are spending quite a bit of money right on the club sports and doing all these things and maybe even uh, with dietitians and fitness uh, regimes and things because their kids just want to be the best athletes they can be and sometimes we forget about the eyesight. I mean, if you can't if you can't track something, you're not going to be able to hit it or catch it very well. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's it's crazy how much money is spent on like like what you said, um, training, working out, all that type of stuff. But yeah, the eyes often go overlooked and it's just as important if not as important as all the other exercises i just thought of one other question for you so back in the day rod carew i mean you're a younger fellow oh, so yeah, I, know I, know I know where this is back going. in the day rod carew used to <laughs> and we're not we're not espousing this we're glad mlb is getting chewing tobacco out of baseball okay kids don't chew tobacco all right it doesn't benefit you and it can only harm but rod carew would put the big red man pouch mm-hmm. in his lead cheek because he felt it stretched open his eye and gave him better vision. And the guy hit like 350, so nobody argued. But, I mean, that's crazy, right? <laughs> Opening uh, your eye bigger doesn't give you better vision, does it? <laughs> I mean, whatever works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Superstition-wise, well, he does a big and I did the lead eye. When we were little leaguers, Ferris and I both put big man chew to try and – or the not the chew, but the uh, – The bubble gum. The bubble gum. Was it called big man chew? bubble gum. Yeah. Yeah, and the big league chew. Yeah. yeah, we put it in there. We try and look like Rod Carew because I never hit 350. But I didn't either. Man. Well, I actually did. So. <laughs> you did. You were yeah. you were a better hitter. 
So there you All go. All right, I just want to dispel that rumor that stretching <laughs> the eyeball out by putting a wad of chew in your cheek is probably probably better to make an appointment and go in and see the doc. Yeah. yeah hey, speaking of making an appointment, if uh, someone's listening and they hear Dr. Your, yourself, Dr. Lyles, on Elite Eye Care talking about all this and they want to get involved with uh, your organization, how would they do that? Uh, yeah, you can just give us a call at 325-603-2020 um, or visit our website, EliteEyeCareAbilene.com. We've got um, links where you can schedule online. Yeah, because you're, you're – uh, your program that you use, I forget the name of it right now, is absolutely stunning. All the different things you can test. What is it, the sports vision uh, program you have? It's the Synaptech Sensory Station. Yep, that's why I, didn't, that's why I had him say it, <laughs> not me right there. So glad uh, you're doing that type of thing. And I'm, There was a, a predictor of uh, athletic ability to hit a baseball, and they found that in Major League Baseball, the number one predictor you could use was uh, vision. Because really? they knew that if you can't see well, you're right. probably not going to be a good hitter, yeah. no matter how good your swing mechanics, because your swing mechanics are only as good as if you know the target you're swinging at, right? right. So it's maybe not in that way in all sports, but that's how they started off doing visual testing on Major League Baseball prospects because they found it was a great predictor of future hitting ability. So guys like Mike Piazza, who was a pretty low draft pick, actually ended up being uh, a great baseball player, and they based it initially on that on his vision. So, Well, Dr. Lyles, thanks for being on Docs and Jocks. Yeah, thanks Glad for to have me. you on again real soon, and hopefully Brock Holt will be back with the uh, Red Sox real soon, one of our Stephenville boys. We'll be right back with your sports medicine radio show, Docs and Jocks, after this short break. And jocks brought to you in part by Visual Edge and Texas Sport and Spine. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back to Docs and Jocks, your sports medicine radio show. This is Dr. Dan coming to you from deep in the heart of Texas, our Docs and Jocks radio studio with my co-host each week, Ferris Potter, the voice of Grand Canyon University. And uh, Ferris, I know uh, we had on Charles Cootie uh, two weeks ago talking about getting ready to head or last week's actually getting ready to head out to the masters yeah and charles was the number 1971 masters champion so i was watching i've been watching more golf just because i now i have a, I have a reason you know I, I mean we had bob estes on we had charles cootie on we had some great golfers on over the years and uh grant boone who is the cbs uh, sports commentator for golf and so i've been watching it just because i, I want to hear those people and see uh, the guys that we know and i was watching the par three tournament and remember last year we reported that uh, Tony Finau, he was uh, celebrating a hole-in-one on a par three on number seven, yeah. and he dislocated his ankle. It was one yeah. of those – by the way, Ferris does not walk, like watching those videos. Nope. A terrible one to watch. And uh, so this year when he came up to the seventh, it was funny, he comes up to that same hole that last year he dislocated his ankle on, and he takes his golf shoe off, and he puts on a football cleat just on that ankle just to just kind of say, hey, this is my <laughs> – I screwed up last year. And he puts on a high heel football shoe. But it was kind of a good moment. It, it is good when you go through an injury like that to be able to go back and kind of make light of it and say, hey, I'm beat this thing. I'm passing. Because it was really – he was down for a long time. He was uh, had to have, uh, you know, obviously his ankle put back in place, did some severe damage to it, was out of golf for a prolonged period of time, and now he's back playing again. But it was a, it was a light moment, but it was good for him to say, hey, I beat it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was one of those ones. That when you get an injury like that, it's it's just really uh, it's embarrassing too, right? Because yeah. you're doing it. I mean, we had the kicker was I forget what his name was uh, that jumped up after celebrating oh, just a basic yeah. field goal and wrapped yeah. his knee apart. Oh, the Arizona? Cardinals kicker, yeah, Cardinals, yeah, yeah, you know. And so um, it's it's always embarrassing because people, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? So yeah, he had he had, he had fun with it and. Good to see him back and ready to go. You know, the Arizona Cardinals kicker, I cannot think of his name right now, but the guy Martin, who, 
Uh, yes. Grant, 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 Grant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from a but family he, of them, yeah. But he's become a pharmaceutical rep, or his brother has become a pharmaceutical rep. Really? And we had a friend, I had a friend that ran into him and knew him from the now in the medical field. And we were going to get him on Docs and Jocks, but he said, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about that injury. He, he does not like talking <laughs> about it. Because that's I would, Gr- yeah. Grammatica. Grammatica was his name. Martin Gr- Martin Grammatica. Yeah. So he was the guy that said, nah, don't want to talk about it anymore. It's also like some mm. of the guys that are known for certain things they've done. They don't necessarily, they, they've either talked about him so much or they get tired of it. Mitch Williams does not want to be asked about Game 7. You know, Joe Carter hit the home run. Oh, why? What happened there? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you get asked about it so many times. It's like Bill yeah. Butler doesn't want to talk about the ground ball that went through his legs to lose the Reds. When it's an embarrassing moment, why do you want to talk yeah. about it ad nauseum? So I can see why Grammatic would be like, nah, don't want to talk about that injury anymore. So, but uh, that's that's the one that, one of the ones I remember. But I'm glad to see Tony Finau. He's had a had a light moment there in the Masters, and he's like, hey, I'm I'm back. I can make fun of it now. That's when you know you're back when you make fun of it now, right? Yeah, exactly. When you're okay with just kind of joking about it. Yep. Uh, Detroit uh, Pistons forward Blake Griffin sat out against the Portland Trailblazers because of soreness of his knee that occurred on March 30th. And the uh, All-Star missed Wednesday's game with the same issue. It's a big deal because he's expected to guard uh, the best player in, in, in basketball right now, um, Anaquanta. How do you say God? How do you say the Milwaukee Bucks star player's name? I say him Giannis, but I got to say the Greek freak. They got to say the Greek freak. He's got to guard That's Giannis, the say. Greek freak. Yeah, I'm gonna stop trying to say his last name in the yeah. first round of the playoffs. So man, with Blake Griffin down, with the Greek freak going, with the Bucks hot right now, not looking good for the Detroit Pistons with an injury to Blake Griffin for sure. No, it probably wouldn't look good for him even if he was yeah. healthy. The Bucks just look really good, you know, which is it's it's weird that I just uttered that sentence, but they've looked really good all <laughs> all, all year, right? Yep. Yeah. No doubt about it. So let's give me your take on some of the uh, – here's the NBA uh, right now. We've got uh, Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't think I even need to ask about that one. I don't see I don't see anybody stopping the Golden State Warriors, at least through uh, the West Finals for sure. You don't want to hear my take? I'll give, yeah, give me your take. You think, uh, you think uh, the Clippers are going to take them? Is it, are you going to be that – it should be a sweep if they're locked in yeah now here's one that i think is interesting because utah the jazz has been really good and they've been yeah. kind of under the radar all year and they're playing houston which is a one-man team if james harden's on they're really good if he's off there's no go-to guys is so, paul even playing or is he still hurt is he out is he back i think he's back chris now paul? right yeah yeah no Serge, but you're right Serge, it, it really is there. chris paul is it, he back sergio we'll check on that and see if chris paul's full back that to me is nobody he, is full, he gets a no. To me, oh, he gets a bad? free pass. No, yeah. I mean he was he was one of the best players. It was like, oh, he's gone there, and they've done nothing with him there. He's either been hurt or been really useless. But everybody bags on LeBron or remember when Carmelo would move or all these guys. And C- CP3 gets gets a pass. Like yeah. he's never won anything anywhere he's been. Yeah, he just because, I don't know why it is because he was such and nobody a great nobody says boo about it. They they, they hammer. Yeah, they hammer Westbrook, you know. Oh, he can't win without – oh, Durant can't win unless he has other guys. It's like, well, CP3 had a great team in L.A., and it yeah. fell apart. He's got he's got the best offensive player in the game, and James Harden can't do anything. with. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I think uh, the Jazz might, uh, might, might get something done, but I guess I'd probably bet on a one-man team could – could in basketball, he, he could just get him through that round. Yeah, then you go – speaking of Russell Westbrook, you got OKC playing Portland. That's a kind of a cool matchup because – I think OKC is built pretty well for the playoffs. They weren't necessarily a great season team, but they're ranked number six. Portland's going to it ranked number three. So that's one I could see going either way. 
yeah, I like Portland in that one, but you know, Westbrook, the will of Westbrook and Allen and those guys. I mean, I, I, I do think they could give him a run, but I like Portland's team a lot. Yeah, the team that everybody kind of has uh, overlooked this year because you just never hear of them, the Denver Nuggets, but they are really, really good, very talented, and they're going up against the Spurs. But Denver did have an injury just to their big man, so there is an injury component to that. The Spurs are a team that tends to be better during the playoffs, so I would still go with the Nuggets over that one for sure. And then uh, Milwaukee versus the Pistons. I don't think anybody's going to go against Milwaukee. They're, they are really, really good right now. There Very is a, good, yeah. Yeah, there is a big injury right now for the Celtics right, that uh, could be a, a game changer as well. Uh, the Celtics guard uh, Marcus Smart will miss at least the first two rounds of the playoffs just announced with a torn oblique muscle, one of your core muscles that allows you to twist and turn. It's a very difficult one to, to improve from because everything you do pretty much in life involves your oblique muscles, so it's a very yeah. hard one to try and improve from. So the Celtics are going to face the Pacers in the in the uh, first round of the playoffs. So even though the uh, Pacers are five and the Celtics are four without Marcus Smart, that, that, that one matches up pretty even in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't, you know, the Celtics have just not gelled this year either. I mean, they've got some me, me, me guys, me first guys, and I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'll get past that first round. I, re- I really don't. I, I love their coach, Brad Stevens, um, and I kind of wonder if at some point he's going to say, "To heck with all these prima donna pro athletes." You know, Anthony Davis doesn't want to play here, and um, what's his face is like, "Oh, I don't, I, I wish I was still with LeBron." Yeah. yeah, Kyrie, and it's like, at what point does he say? Skip this, man. I'm going to go back and get three, four, five, six million dollars to coach some SEC yeah. basketball team where I'm the man, you yeah. know? UC- I mean, look what UCLA Tony Bennett's doing him. at Virginia, yeah. you know? UCLA would take him. How many coaches have said no to UCLA so far? Yeah, man. they finally got Mike Crona oh, from Cincinnati. Yeah. But, but I'm like, you know, Duke's going to be coming op- come open shortly. I mean, North Carolina probably will. Who knows, With honestly, with all this stuff, all these wiretaps and stuff coming down, if Arizona and Kansas might come open because both those coaches are – or, you know, it says supposedly caught on tape, you know. So I could see Brad Stevens down at North Carolina at Duke, you know. And he makes six, seven million bucks and he'll be the man. He won't have to put up with these guys. Exactly. But yeah. I think they'll lose in the first round, FYI. That, that, that's my <laughs> that all said. Then yeah, you got, that all said. Then you got Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Now, Philadelphia, they're just uh, – they are very, very talented with a very young team. But I they, they, I'm telling you what, when they're all going, they're very, very good. So I think that one's going to go Philadelphia's way. And the last one like yeah. Toronto and uh, Orlando. Toronto's once again a team that's uh, got a lot of explosive young guys. So I think that's going to go Toronto's way. Who do you have in the finals? If you had to pick right now, who do you, who do you pick? Do you pick Golden State? Do you pick Milwaukee? Who do you have in the finals? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Golden State and Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's going to. I think it's going to come down to Philly or Milwaukee in the East for sure. So I think uh, I, I, it'd be very, very interesting to me to see if Denver can beat, knock off Golden State Warriors. They have had some injury issues. If not, I could see an upset being Oklahoma City because, you know, Russell Westbrook. Really? Yeah, I kind of like them for whatever re- weird reason this year. I've been watching some of their games. and Well, they're fun. To, I, like, I like him a lot. I, I've always been a Westbrook fan. I mean, he's a kind of a – Great, weird guy, but I, I love the way he plays. Just like such an attack mode, you know? Yeah. Hey, it's kind of sad to see Dirk Nowitzki decide to call it quits, but he did yeah. 20 points and 10 rebounds in his last game. And so, you know, you it's think a good that's way to a go good out. decision by him? I mean, you think that's the best decision? Uh, I, I think his defense had lacks so much now that I, just, <laughs> I watched him. He didn't I, start at a high bar. Now it's really. Yeah, now he's just so slow, but I, I love Dirk. You cannot be from this area. He, He's a very, very likable guy. Does a ton of yeah. stuff for Dallas and Texas, and he's just he'll he'll always be he'll have statues of him forever in at Maverick Stadium. 
So you like you like OKC, huh? That's another coach who, at some point, Billy Donovan is going to be. They're saying that if they don't get get deep, he might get fired too. He's another great college coach who who could go back to college. Because I think, I think, quite frankly, after in the over this break, with a lot of the stuff going on with the federal investigations to these coaches and stuff, I think there's going to be a lot of marquee jobs either come open or come open shortly for some of these coaches that you know tried the NBA and are like, eh, I don't like dealing with these multi-million dollar athletes. Yeah, it's a tough gig for sure. It's definitely different. Hey, remember we were talking about Clayton Kershaw doing a rehab start and there was a guy during the rehab start that hit a home run off of him? <clears throat> I did a little more research on that. The guy who actually hit the home run on Clayton Kershaw's rehab stint down in the minor leagues is Kramer Robertson. Kramer is the son of Kim Mulkey, the women's head basketball coach at Baylor who just won a national championship. In the same week that her son hits a home run off Clayton Kershaw wow. during his rehab stint, she wins the national championship. Kim Mulkey has had one of the greatest sports weeks ever for any family. That's insane. <laughs> like, how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know, man. But we were talking about that silver lining that we were like, there's somebody out there who's pretty dang excited about hitting a home run off of Clayton Kershaw in the minor leagues. In oh, yeah. Rehab stint, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome for the uh, Mulkey family, Kramer Robertson, who hit the home run. Hey, Tom Brady uh, will now have to find a new helmet. The NFL and the NFL Players Association agreed to testing in 2015, and this year they agreed to end the grace period for grandfathered-in helmets that did not meet the laboratory testing requirements, and they abandoned all those helmets as of this coming year. So Tom Brady will have to be finding a new helmet. So I get this question uh, as a sports medicine physician several times a year. What are the best helmets out there as far as safety goes? Remember, helmets give you good oral facial protection so you don't get fractures. They're not great at preventing concussions because of the uh, brain sloshing around. You try and decrease the linear acceleration and the rotatory, rotary acceleration, the twisting and spinning of the brain when it gets hit. But these helmets try and do their best, but they're still obviously an inherent danger anytime your head is uh, slammed against a, another object at a fast speed. The number one helmet tested for the third year in a row is the, and I'm just going to spell it for you, V-I-C-I-S. Vicis, maybe? V-I-C-I-S. Zero-one helmet. That was the number one ranked helmet three years in a row. The number two helmet is the Shoot. That's a very common, uh, famous one. F7 LTD. So if you're driving around and you're a parent of a kid that wants to get a uh, good helmet, that's the number two. And the number three is Rydell's Speedflex Precision Diamond. And the cool thing about this year's testing, too, is that they had several newcomers to the market, and they all tested very, very well. So the, t the, mm. com the helmet companies that are coming out are safety first. The main reason the Players Association, uh, with the players who did not like the new helmets, is mainly just from a how-it-fit-and-comfort feeling uh, on their head. And if you're going to be changing something up to make it a safer helmet, you're probably going to have a different feeling of how it feels on your head when it's sitting on your head. But... Number one tested, third year in a row, Vicis, V-I-C-I-S, zero one helmet. And uh, you can read that article. It's online. It's on uh, several of the uh, sports pages, headlines this uh, week, talking about how Tom Brady is not going to be able to wear the same helmet he's been wearing for the last several years. So I think Tom Brady will be good in whatever helmet he wears. That's my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if that man. You know what? If he did, if he does have a bad start to the year, I'm sure there'll be that's one thing they'll break down because people love to break helmet. down everything about yeah. the NFL, like yeah. to minutia right now. So. Yeah, helmet gate. That's what they're going to call it. It'll be the next one instead of deflate helmet gate. Call it helmet yeah, gate. no. What'll happen is they'll win the Super Bowl and halfway through they'll find out he's using the the wrong. He's using an illegal helmet. <laughs> yeah. he'll just, no, and Tom, he'll just keep using the same daggum helmet. <laughs> that's right. And we'll be right back with the last segment here on Docs and Josh. Right back. Here we go. 
listening to Docs and Jocks, brought to you in part by Abilene Sports Medicine, Hardin-Simmons University, and Lawrence Hall Chevrolet. Touchdown. Now back to more Docs and Jocks with Dr. Dan and Ferris. Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. Dan, joined each by my co-host, Ferris Potter. And Ferris, been an awesome show. want to say thank you to our great guest, Dwight Kinney, talking about the police games as a police game Hall of Famer himself, as well as Dr. Russell Lyles, a sports vision optometrist who talks about uh, what you can do to improve your vision as a young athlete. Hey, remember, you can follow our show anytime, anywhere by going to docsandjocks.com, D-O-X-N-J-O-X.com, and you can also subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our podcast is on iTunes at Docs and Jocks, D-O-X-N-J-O-X. And Ferris, I thought we'd go out uh, talking about one of the guys we've probably talked about on Docs and Jocks. If you had to take a uh, list of all the players we've talked about, who we've talked about most, I think Tiger Woods would be high, pretty high on the list from mm-hmm. all his multitude of injuries. I thought it was interesting. He's doing pretty good. I think he's two under going into day, uh, second round. And uh, he has now been noticed to be chewing gum. He never did that before. He's chewing gum like crazy. I just say that because some people really? use chewing gum as a relaxation technique. Hmm. It's one of those things. Remember the yips they think is your uh, right side of brain getting in, invading your processing brain on the left side. So if you've got a lot of thought going on, it's hard to do a lot of uh, a smooth uh, physical activity, movements. And they say chewing gum is one of the ways that just you, you don't let a lot of thought come in because you're chewing gum and you're doing something. So it's a hard time to kind of get in there and block it. We just see MJ. Remember, MJ chewed gum all the time as well. That was one of the things you always saw him doing. So maybe there's something to it. If Tiger Woods win the Masters, I know that I'm going to go out and start taking golf lessons and chew gum. You know, I think that might make you a better golfer. I think that's the only thing that's been missing. I've seen your swing years ago. I know you don't play much golf, but I think if you start chewing gum, it's all going to come together. Yeah. I remember you and I were playing golf for someone's wedding one time, and I uh, let go of the club, and it flew about, I don't know, 50 yards, man. I was like, golly. Further than the ball, about 45 yards further than the ball. Yeah, it felt like it was baseball. I was like letting it go. Like, you know, after you swing, you got to drop your bat. I just didn't let it uh, drop. You had nice extension on that (laughs) shot, though. Nice full full extension. I finished high because I remember it flew over a fence that was nearby. Yeah, yeah. you had a good launch angle (laughs) with the club, not the ball. Yeah, so Tiger Woods, man, there would be nothing better in my mind to see Tiger Woods make a comeback, win the Masters. And just, I think everybody would be pretty pumped because it'd be good for golf. It'd be at least give him a swung song to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out. I'm doing. I did my thing. I'm back." And then he could walk off and just sail off into. The if sun. you ever wonder if we're a forgiving nation, we always root for guys to, to change their stripes <laughs> and change. It's, I remember when he left, it was just like, "Oh, he's a scumbag. We yeah. all hate him. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe he did that to his poor wife." Like, now we're like, "Let's great go, if Tiger! He the Let's go, Tiger!" <laughs> I know, man. Hey, a short memory. We'll see you all next week here on Docs and Jocks Sports Medicine Radio Show. Myself, Dr. Dan, my co-host, Ferris Potter. We'll see you later. <laughs>